0: Welcome into the Sunday Nighter on the Talking Tide podcast at Podbean.com. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. I'm joined as I am twice a week for the Talking Tide podcast by Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com and the host of Southern Fried Sports Radio at 100.9 FM in Tuscaloosa weekdays, 11 to noon. The Talking Tide Twitter feed is talking underscore tide. And you can get us again at our web host at podbean.com and various apps, including iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Our fine sponsors for the show, Southern Ale House, Heat Pizza Bar, and North River Dental Associates. We'll be telling you a little bit more about them further along in the program. But Travis, first, a 63-3 to 3, uh, trouncing of Kentucky by the Crimson Tide uh, on Saturday in With a margin like this, Travis, I guess you kind of got to start with uh, the shorthanded roster that the Wildcats were dealing with. Alabama wins this game going away, whether Kentucky brings in a full roster or not. Uh, But when you lose as many players as Kentucky lost, and I saw reports of 10 to 16 not being able to play, not sure what the exact number ended up being, uh, but some big names, Chris Rodriguez at running back, You got uh, Jameen Davis at linebacker. Uh, Really shorthanded was Mark Stoops' squad.
1: It was, you know, and in our midweek pod uh, leading up to the game, we were both kind of excited to see what a guy like Chris Rodriguez could do against this Alabama defense because he was coming in off of back-to-back 100-yard performances, including one against the University of Georgia. Uh, Defensively with Davis out, you're talking about the Wildcats leading tackler. Even the punter, Max Duffy, is one of the elite punters in all of college football. So, I agree. I don't think it was going to change things in terms of the uh, win-loss scenario uh, with this game. But uh, I got to think it was going to be a a more competitive game than what we ended up getting. Now, give Alabama credit. Kind of wobbled out of the gates a little bit, especially on defense. Alabama was fortunate in the first quarter. Had some... Uh, things that went its way, including a couple of bad snaps, a couple of three bad snaps for uh, UK, whether it was offense, whether it was special teams, um, you know, also had a penalty on a Kentucky run down to the Alabama two that uh, pretty much forced the, the, the uh, Kentucky to settle for a field goal there. But, you know, once it sort of got things going uh, about what you expected, especially again, as you talked about against a shorthanded Kentucky team.
0: Offensively for Alabama, uh, Travis, nine touchdowns. Nick Saban says he likes uh, uh, offensive drives to end with a kick, whether it's a PAT field goal or punt. Well, here's your breakdown. Twelve possessions for the game for the Crimson Tide, uh, ending with nine PATs, only two punts, and one INT. That's about as good as you can ask for uh, to get to 63 offensively.
1: Yeah, that's efficiency on offense, seven of seven in the red zone, all of those touchdowns, five of them on the ground, so again, whereas we talk about this team, and we will do again so uh, on the podcast this time around about the the quarterback situation with Mac Jones, once again an efficient performance, did have the interception there in the third quarter, maybe got a little bit uh, eyes got bigger than his stomach a little bit there. I don't blame him, though. Anytime Devontae Smith's man up on a corner, uh, I'm all for taking a shot down the field. Uh, but can do it with this offensive line in this run game. And you know a big part of the run game were some new faces or some newer faces. We'd seen some of these guys in spots earlier in the season. But with Trey Sanders out as the third back, some freshmen getting some opportunities behind Brian Robinson, Najee Harris. Uh, you had four different backs find the end zone on the ground. That was how you accounted for the four touchdowns and uh, the, the five touchdowns on the ground. And then, uh, you know, you also got a, a little bit of a glimpse of Bryce Young, although the fourth quarter was that was retro Bama ball. Alabama ran 20 plays in the fourth quarter, all of them runs and still put together two 10 play touchdown drives.
0: Yeah, yeah, Bryce Young threw a real pretty deep ball early in his appearance for Alabama, but after that, it was uh, a lot of handoffs and a lot of play clocks getting run down to about five seconds before the snap. Uh, They took the air out of it in the final quarter for sure, although as you said... Freshman running backs came in and, and did a good job. We got a an extensive look at Jace McClellan and Roydell Williams. McClellan ends up leading the team in, in rushing with ninety-nine yards. few more than uh just a few more than Harris.
1: Absolutely. Uh both those guys I thought you like the decisiveness and as an extension of that, you know, they were in there with some twos and threes on that offensive line. You saw a guy like Seth McLaughlin, true freshman center, do some nice things while he was in there. Big Damian George making his debut at right tackle did some good things, so uh, we've talked about this in the past. The luxury Alabama's had that not a lot of teams in the league have had this season is that they've been able to turn you know the fourth quarter of games into player development sort of sessions and being able to get so many of these guys playing time. And that was the case not only on offense, but on defense as well, and uh, you know, a historic night we talk about first, but historic night for Devontae Smith, obviously, with the two touchdown grabs and, you know, pushing himself too clear of Amari Cooper and Chris Doring as the all-time leader in Southeastern Conference football history when it comes to career touchdown grabs. So, uh, you know, when you talk about all-timers and and we we kind of allow ourselves to or limit ourselves just to a positional vantage point of these things, but as an all-around football player. You know, and Devontae showed you some of this, returning some punts after Slade Bolden went out Saturday too. You know, this guy in terms of just an all-around football player would rank very highly for me uh, with the best that have ever done it at Alabama.
0: Does he get to 40 career touchdown passes, Travis, with what Alabama has left on the schedule? I think he can do it. Obviously, it would help a lot if they play uh, let's see if they play five more games instead of four, that would be a that yeah. would certainly help get it done. But I think he could get there, I really do.
1: Well, I mean, Chase, it he, it seems like he's getting 13 targets every week,
0: yeah. You know, that
1: was the case again, and that's what it's going to come down to opportunities. Um, and all he needs is a chance on 50 50 balls, as he's shown you. And so, yeah, I think it's possible that he gets there. It, it, you're, you're right about. You know, how does the schedule play out from this point forward? And can Alabama and the SEC, you know, get these 10 games in before the Southeastern Conference Championship? And, you know, you got to consider some of the defenses in play, I would think. Uh, you know, Auburn is, is solid in the secondary. Um, you know, if the LSU game is made up, it could be another rematch with Derek Stingley Jr. from a year ago with those two. We'd love to see that. Uh, you know, and then Arkansas has done a pretty good job this year of taking away a lot of the explosive plays. Um, but the problem for Arkansas is if you really want to try to play that much zone against this offense, uh, then Najee kind of, in the run game, kind of beats you up. So, yeah, I, 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 think, I think he's he's more than capable of getting it done. Perhaps his health might be his, his biggest obstacle, as much as they're going to him now, especially with Jalen Waddell out. It's kind of a double-edged thing. I mean, they're going to him even more now with Jalen out, but you kind of cringe at times, like when he's returning punts the other night, you know, about, gosh, let this guy stay healthy.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Game was absolutely in hand when Devontae Smith went back there uh, as a punt returner, offensive line strong again. What'd you make of Landon Dickerson, uh, given given Najee Harris that bush push 10 yards downfield and Harris popping up and telling him, Yeah, don't worry about it, Landon. You don't have to do that
1: anymore. <laughs> yeah, maybe save that one for Auburn next week. You know, yeah. I think we're good here tonight against Kentucky, but um, that's kind of that's that's Landon Dickerson. I mean, that's uh, that's who he is as a player. It's uh, Something we've talked about over the last two seasons, and you know, you you, you like the edge uh, that he brings and, and the mindset that he brings to that group, and you know, I think he's done a better job this year too, though, of of still being that guy, but not being that guy to the extent where it cost Alabama 15 yards on multiple occasions. Yeah, he's
0: fast climbing the list of most successful transfers to Alabama. Uh, and I'm not sure who I would have at the top of that list. I'd have to go back and probably zip through some names that don't come to top of mind at the moment, but he's really turned into quite a player for Alabama coming from Florida State.
1: You're right. Um, There have been a few that have come in, especially with the portal. Uh, Maybe not so much with the portal, but just transfers in general. You know, Jake Coker, you'd have to put up there as a national championship quarterback, but uh, from the Landon is... Yeah, from Florida State. The Florida State pipeline for the transfers has been, been pretty good to Alabama, hasn't
0: it? No doubt about it. Defensive side of the ball, we'll touch on that really quick. Travis, your thoughts there. Uh, Harris, once again, at the top of the tackle list for Alabama. Almost a broken record to look at that uh, list week to week and see him sitting at the top there. Uh, the guy seems to come come up with 10 stops every week, no matter who they're playing.
1: He has uh, eight solos, so, you know, he was very active. Again, I thought it took a, a little bit, you know, this was kind of a concern going into the game. Not only had Alabama not seen another opponent since October the 31st in Mississippi State, but, you know, what Kentucky likes to do on offense with the zone read game and the RPOs and the quarterback runs you know, you can simulate that as much as you want over the course of a couple weeks, I guess, or a week and a half, but uh, it's still not going to be the same as what you encounter once you get into a game scenario, so uh, that took a little bit of an adjustment, but uh, yeah, I thought Chris Harris was really, uh, Christian Harris was really good, and uh, you know, it, it took a while, I don't think Alabama's first tackle for loss came until you know near the end of the third quarter, so uh, there weren't many TFLs, four and all for Alabama, but you know Harris had the one that kind of got it going there in the third quarter. Right after that, Christopher Allen follows with a sack of his own, um, and they played a ton of guys up front, you know, on that defensive line. By my count, I think they had rotated seven guys in along the defensive front by halftime on Saturday. I think they played nine in all, so they don't have. You know, right now they don't have, in my opinion, a legit first-team All-American type either along the defensive line or at linebacker, but they got numbers. And so they they try to take advantage of that as, as best they can.
0: No question. Big play for Jordan Battle on the defensive side as well. He gets a 45-yard interception return. Kind of jumped a route on a play that Kentucky had been successful with previously in the game. Uh, fool me once, shame on me, you're not going to fool me twice. And uh, Jordan Battle jumps that route, goes 45 for a pick six and and a big score for him.
1: Yeah, it looked like kind of a sky coverage like you're talking about. Like he was pretty much just sitting on that route and going to rob it all along. And, you know, third straight game with a third different Alabama defender getting into the end zone. So that's a nice streak uh, for Alabama uh, when you when you talk about – uh, those guys, so, uh, uh, you know, it's tough enough to deal with this team just from a perspective of what the Alabama offense is capable of doing in terms of putting points on the board. But, you know, you get the defense and or the special teams chipping in uh, with scores of their own, and it, it becomes a an even more difficult task to, to sort of deal with
0: no question about it the talking tide podcast at podbean.com itunes google play stitcher and tune in chase goodbread and travis Ryer with you and we're going to talk about a couple of sponsors that keep us around here on the podwaves north river dental associates certainly one of those a charter sponsor of the talking tide podcast Jack Smalley and his team of dental hygienists do the best job anywhere for whatever your dental needs might be. He's easy to find in Fairfax Park. It's right off of Watermelon Road as you go toward Northport on McFarland Boulevard. You make that quick right, and he is right beside West Alabama Pediatrics. Reach out to them by phone or on the web to make an appointment. You can call them at 752-3506 or go to NorthRiverDentist.com to make an appointment. Now on a routine cleaning, you're going to be in and out of there in under an hour and that includes your weight. That's door in and door out less than an hour on a routine cleaning. That's how it goes every time I'm in there and anyone in my family goes in there. They're super quick, but they're also super thorough. And again, whether it's porcelain veneers, teeth whitening services, dental implants, any kind of need you might have over at North Dental, they can take care of you. Give them a call again at 752-3506.
1: I'm going to tell you about Heat Pizza Bar first down there at Government Plaza. You were probably here. You may have been here over the weekend. Uh, you may be here all the time in Tuscaloosa. Regardless, Heat Pizza Bar down there at downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Great place to take care of that uh, pizza bug that you got. They can they can help you with that. Great assortment of pies. Whether you're more of a traditionalist and look, you just want the straight cheese pizza they can take care of you but then if you like to get out there and live on the edge a little bit they've got those specialty pies those exclusive pies they've got that thai chicken pizza that is the personal favorite they're all great but that thai chicken pizza with the sriracha sauce base then they're going to bring some uh, green and red peppers on there for you Uh, some grilled chicken some great cheese it is super super stuff Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Drink specials, pizza specials during the week. Can't go wrong with Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Also, heading out towards the Indian Hills area of Tuscaloosa, you're going to find Southern Ale House. Southern Ale House. I hope you use Southern Ale House, by the way, with the upcoming holiday uh, this week with Thanksgiving. I hope you employed the services of Southern Ale House. I hope you let them cater your event. They're going to help us out around Casa de Rire. During the week, though, I mean, whether it's lunch, whether it's dinner, great, great options there at Southern Ale House. Uh, The the sandwiches, um, you know, the uh, chicken sandwich, the yard bird is out of this world. Salads are great as well. Uh, If you got more of a bigger appetite, that bone-in pork chop. Whenever you can get your hands, your fork and knife on that, I would certainly recommend it as well. Southern Alehouse, fifteen thirty, McFarland Boulevard North.
0: Had that prime rib special the last time I was in there at Southern Alehouse. Yes. If you catch it on the day that it's on the chalkboard, it's it's good eating. Uh, Talking Tide podcast at Podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in. Uh, Chase Goodbread and Travis Ryer. Hanging out for a few more minutes, talking SEC football uh, around the league. But first, Travis, we got to go outside the SEC as we rarely do on this program. Uh, outside
1: the footprint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Outside the footprint. What about the footprint that Dabo Sweeney left on Florida State uh, with his <laughs> with his comments? Uh, more or less oh. not suggesting, but flat out alleging that, uh, Seminoles just didn't want to play Clemson. And that's how they, that's how that game ended up getting canceled. What in the world?
1: Yeah. It, it, it you, 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 never lack for, for, uh, for, uh, some, some, uh, excite, exc, I don't know. I don't even, I don't even know how to talk about Dabo, man. I, I, I don't, I really don't. Um. You know, it, it, it's sort of mind-boggling where the Clemson perspective is coming on this because it was the Clemson team that had the positive test, okay, and the symptomatic player. You know, to hear Clemson, to hear Dabo talk about it, to hear the AD, you would think it was FSU that claimed it, it, that it was FSU pulling the COVID card right. and trying to use that to get out. It was Clemson that presented to the Florida State people that they had, a positive test. Now, look, we can go on and on about, you know, what should constitute thresholds and what is important in all this and what isn't. All I know is this is the rules. This is what we have to work with right now. And so if you show up with a player that is positive and it's not to throw the player under the, under the, the truck or the anything, the bus or anything, because you know, look, we we've seen how it's it's just random how how people can contract this stuff and it, again it happens but when it does happen to your team and the other team says look you've got a symptomatic positive player that you have you know on the trip you know that's been around on the plane with your team and we're not comfortable playing you and practice you, know, you kind of just games. yeah you kind of just have to live with that nobody likes it dabo Okay, you think anybody really likes it? Now, do I think Florida State would be totally okay with not having to play Clemson this year? Absolutely. They don't want to get, you know, double-nickled or something like that because that's what we know would happen. And if, again, if it was Florida State who said, oh, we've got contact tracing issues, like, say, LSU did with Alabama, okay, I I could kind of maybe get it from that perspective. But it's Clemson that has the player that's positive, right. you know. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I, 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 I don't. I just don't. I've gotten to where most of what comes out of Dabo's mouth, I just don't really spend much time on. To be honest with you, and, and I will say this, you know, if you, you know, we talked about this before the podcast, if you're wondering who the man is or the 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 person with the most clout in Clemson, South Carolina is, well, it's obviously Dabo. Because there's nobody over there telling Dabo, hey, be careful, do it. Dabo does and says whatever the hell Dabo wants to say and do. And that's why Dabo, if it ever comes down to it, should stay at Clemson. Because he'll always be able to do that at Clemson. I don't care if he wins another two national championships at Clemson. If he comes to Alabama, it won't work that way. He will not be Nick Saban initially. He he won't walk into that comfort level he has right now at Clemson at Alabama. That's why that's one reason why he needs to stay at Clemson.
0: Uh, for sure. I mean, you gotta win the rings at the school you're at if you're in a place like Alabama. Right. So Peter, you
1: you might get you might get the opportunity and you might want the opportunity. I don't know. Maybe he won't. If he's smart, for reasons other than what we're talking about, he should stay at Clemson, okay? Before we even get into this stuff. But if you look at it from this perspective, too, where he has total autonomy and everything he does and says, he, he needs to stay there because he'll have that there for as long as he draws breath. If he comes to Alabama, that will not be the case. Like you just said, he'll have to earn that here. He, he has that at Clemson forever. He can be as goofy as cuckoo as antiquated as outdated as whatever you want to call it as he wants to be and he gets to be that forever at Clemson and so he, he should stay there forever so
0: obviously in your opinion we're not going to see any kind of a uh, uh, canned pre-written formal apology from Davo coming but what about no. a fine? does the ACC no. come with
1: a fine because though because not, not only is he the big dog at Clemson He's the big dog in that league. Yeah, he, is. he. He he does. You know, he, he, I don't. I would be surprised. No repercussions you know? whatsoever. Who who You're who expecting. in the ACC office is going to go to Dabo and say, you know, Dabo, you ought to walk that back? And it yeah, actually. Yeah, happens. I'll tell you. i tell It'd be a basketball
0: guy. And there's a few of those roaming around that office, right? I mean, that's that plays yeah. into. But
1: yeah, but uh, but who who. And pick a sport in the ACC, and I know it's a basketball league. But what basketball team in that league right now is bigger than Clemson in football? That then big is bigger than what Clemson is in football. Yeah. Duke isn't right now. Nope. Carolina, damn sure ain't right now. <laughs> you know, I know it's a basketball league, but it's Dabo's league right now. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't K's league. I know that sounds crazy. But it's Dabo's league right now. And Dabo can say and do whatever the hell he pleases. and good for him. You know? But I, I just don't, I typically, unless you ask me about him like you did, I don't expend a lot of energy on anything. I don't spend a lot of time, you know, thinking about, you know, the depth of Dabo, okay? Dabo's a good football coach. Dabo's a great, better motivator. Dabo's obviously, uh, with that, a good recruiter. I'm happy for Dabo and what he's accomplished. But his thoughts on a a, a lot of other things in this world, I I don't give two squirts about what Dabo Sweeney thinks. And I'm, and I'm sure he feels the same way about a lot of people like myself. And that's fine, too.
0: Not much of a filter from brain to mouth. With Davo. I think well, that's and that's
1: fine. That's yeah. fine. He can, you know. That's the beauty of this. We all get to say and believe what we all want to say and believe. But you showed up in Tallahassee with the infected player. Yeah. You didn't show up in Tallahassee, and then on game morning, Florida State tried to spring on you. Well, we've got a guy that's got the virus. Yeah. You know? and, it wasn't I an F- it, mean, it's it, a self. F- it wasn't F S It wasn't. It wasn't an FSU thing, the best I can tell. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now look. Yeah at the same time, I'll credit schools like Mississippi State and you know uh, Arkansas that probably didn't have to play football this weekend because of COVID nineteen protocols. Yeah, no, they didn't have it. They didn't have it, they. They were below the fifty three. Yeah, they were below fifty, and so yeah, they had forty nine or so. So. You know, at the same time, I credit those, those, you know, good for them. They wanted to play and they played, Um, but I I don't, I I haven't, I, I haven't been able to figure out Dabo for a while now and that's fine. You know, he wins. The bottom line is Dabo wins football games, but you know, when it comes to being the all around sort of CEO of your program, he isn't he isn't in the same he isn't in the same continent as nick saban let alone the same street yeah he's got a couple wins over nick but when it comes to someone running your program and being the voice of your program on a day-to-day basis he he's not he's light years away from nick saban light years and and i and nick ain't perfect Okay, but but as far as someone that I'd want as the face and voice of my program, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's not even close.
0: Yeah, yeah. Southeast Eastern Conference scores, a couple of – we'll take a, a quick look at. We're running out of time here, but that's that's fine. LSU knocks off Arkansas 27-24. I got to see most of that game. Arkansas gave them all they want. Felipe Franks threw some nice balls in that one. Uh, LSU ends up pulling that out with uh, Finley, the new quarterback, uh, throwing some some nice balls. Looks like he might – to me anyway, it looks like he might uh, be the future of the position for LSU – Uh, at quarterback Auburn gets by Tennessee 31 17 but the one I wanted to talk about the most Travis uh, Georgia 31 Mississippi State 24 and JT Daniels who we've been kind of waiting to see for a while now unveiled uh, 401 yards four touchdowns for the Bulldogs and uh, apparently he's been ready to go since week two Uh, but Stetson Bennett for whatever reason was was Kirby's choice over JT, but at least, and look, Mississippi State's defense isn't exactly the kind of defense that you could judge anyone on, Uh, but nevertheless, Bulldogs fans obviously wondering right now why they haven't at least seen a little bit more of this guy who was already proven at USC, uh, you know, to this point in the season.
1: What about Kirby's quarterback management in general the last couple of years? Oof. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, if JT Daniels was really ready to go in week two, and, and I know Stetson Bennett was solid, you know, in some of his early opportunities through those first couple of three games. Um, I, it's just hard for me to imagine that you went into Florida, especially after your offensive performance against the same Kentucky team that Alabama's offense just produced 56 points against, had the defensive touchdown. That that was the other score. Uh, I I just I don't I don't get it. But uh, you know that's a good Mississippi State pass defense too that Daniels put 401 on. So uh, you know impressive. And you had the two quarterbacks in that game. By the way, Will Rogers threw for 336 himself. So Mississippi State got a much needed boost on offense. Neither team could run the ball a lick you know, you think about Georgia and it's rushing attack in recent years. I think Georgia had like 12 rushing yards in the game Saturday night against Mississippi state. So, um, you know, Daniel's not only throwing for a lot of yards, but a good yards per attempt number of 10.6 kept the turnover column clean. And look, there were some throws where he didn't actually get a lot of help from some of his wide receivers. So, uh, he was actually better than his supporting cast. I thought on Saturday night and, yeah, two quarterbacks in that game, Chase, uh, combined to attempt 90 passes, no interceptions. That's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, yeah no doubt about it. Uh, Daniels looks like he's got to be entrenched, I would think, the rest of the way for the Bulldogs. And uh, a moral victory for sure, if one exists anyway, for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, hanging close with 49 players uh, healthy. Uh, and uh, gave Georgia all they wanted that's going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast be sure to join us for the midweeker as we preview Alabama's forthcoming game against rival Auburn Uh, we'll be coming at you with that uh, midweek kind of a Thanksgiving edition of Talking Tide maybe on Turkey Day uh, when you're uh, relaxing and uh, maybe about to Snooze with uh that turkey in your belly. You could crank up the Talking Tide podcast. Stay awake a little bit longer, right, Travis, and uh uh hear us there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh it it should be a great week. Look forward to it. Iron Bowl always a big, big deal. And once again, Alabama going into one with uh its national championship hopes well intact. Twenty four point favorites over the rival Tigers. Seems a little high. Yeah. It seems a little high, but uh <laughs> Yeah.
0: Big number. We'll be talking about it more midweek. Be sure to join us then. Thanks for listening to the Talking Tide podcast. For Travis Reier of com and Southern Fried Sports Radio, I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. We'll talk to you midweek here on Talking Tide.